Welcome to the Clipper Podcast for Nuts and Dried Fruit. Agriculture goes home office. In the next days, we will ask our partners and friends around the world how that actually works. You know, there's the old story on the radio, the schools that were there that were, uh, you know, done through radio in the 50s and 60s. It was the first kind of uh, online schooling through radio at the time. Remember, in times where trade shows are cancelled, magazines like ours are your trade show. Here you can talk about your business, get in touch with buyers and partners. We will help you present your products to an audience on seven continents. Contact us on LinkedIn to find out more. My profile name is Agropress. So let's talk about running a global business from home. I asked Carol Stubbel, Sales Director EMEA at Tomra Sorting Food, how it works for a global food sorting machinery business. As an international company, we have production facility and, and quite a bit of people in China, uh, where we already felt the first effects uh, in January. Uh, we have a facility in Italy, northern Italy in Parma. So also there we had uh, we had the effect. From a nut point of view, uh, yeah, of course, uh, we... We see it will have an effect because typically um, our customers are now uh, looking for investments in, in, in their equipment and their processing for, for the year. Um, so we, we hope that by the next two months that things will back come back to rea to normal to the normal standard. It's been our our biggest tasks, I think, is to make certain that our employees are safe, that they work in an environment that is safe. Uh, and if we make changes to their day-to-day -day life, right, with asking them, for example, for home office to make sure that it's, uh, it's a healthy environment and that, it's, uh, that it's, uh, it's stable for them. And we believe when we're looking at our people, the same thing we're looking at our customers, right? Because when we are certain that our, our employees are safe, we also help making certain that they're in, in contact with, uh, with our customers, that they're also in a, in, a, in a good environment and they can support our customers globally. So many of our employees stayed home for typically it's like one day in a week. Uh, but now we told them in, or we asked them in Belgium to stay home for three weeks. Uh, working from home, uh, it's also a challenge because sometimes in your front, if you're in front of your laptop, um, you need to do different things than if you're in a, in a colleague or in a colleague-friendly environment. There are some distractions, natural distractions in the, in the, in the office. At home, uh, okay, it could be children, but uh, some people uh, yeah, could also be very focused on continuously staying in front of the laptop and also, that's, that's also always that healthy, of course. We wish everybody at Tomra all the best. From Belgium to Australia, Australians are pioneers of home office work. Understandably, with a country nearly as big as the US and only 25 million inhabitants. My next guest tells me how in Australia, distance education and home office existed long before the internet. Yeah, so I'm uh, Michiel van Local Campagne, and I'm the director of the Agricultural and Food Business Unit from CSIRO. And uh, CSIRO is uh, Australia's national science agency. Uh, 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 you know, there's the old story on the radio, the schools that were there that were, uh, you know, done through radio uh, in the 50s and 60s. It was the first kind of uh, online schooling through radio at the time. You would have, uh, you know, the long wave radio. So you would have to say the teacher, oh, hi, Matthew, are you there? Over. And then, uh, you know, Matthew would answer, yes, here I am. I have a problem with my math. Over. And then, you know, so because yeah, they would have in the radio multiple students at the same time with one teacher. And of course, now that is, uh, is of course, very, very different. We now have, um, we are doing this interview through Skype. We have... Uh, 
all kind of uh, different uh, ways of uh, bringing the classroom into the homes, uh, you know, and that is, you know, that is now being uh, tested everywhere. Obviously, um, uh, also the connectivity of internet is still an issue in the, in some of the rural com communities because the distances are just so enormous and so vast. The Australian uh, population is a, is a sort of a pioneering uh, spirit, ha has a pioneering spirit, so they always find very creative solutions for these problems. So there's not, I don't think a single solution, but there have been lots of, um, uh, you know, from the roots up, uh, uh, communities and, and initiatives to solve the education problems on, on remote farms and in, in, in smaller communities that have been, uh, you know, quite interesting to see uh, the creativity that has been deployed there. I also asked Michiel how the agriculture sector in Australia is recovering from the bushfires and what the next steps are. Oh, we had a very uh, busy summer and we're just coming out of it. Of course, we are in the Southern Hemisphere and uh, we've had a lot of uh, bushfires. We had a hailstorm and uh, now we have coronavirus, so it's keeping us busy, that's for sure. Luckily, we had a, a couple of cyclones coming in and that, that meant we get rain. So uh, most of the fires are out now. Um, and in fact, also, we were, of course, were living through a very, very bad drought. And in many places now, because we've got rain, uh, the, the drought has lifted. Uh, there's still some parts that have not had any rain or very little rain. Uh, so uh, for some of the farmers there are still in, in, in dire need of more water. Uh, but, um, but for uh, a lot of parts of the country, we have now a rain and suddenly it, it looks all green again. It's really a a very, very nice transformation of the countryside and, and really great news for the farmers. I think, uh, there is acknowledgement that uh, we are living in a time where uh, we have certainly a more variable climate, uh, that we will get, um, you know, there's recognition that these, uh, the variability of the climate will stay very high, that we are going towards a, you know, a, um, you know, a warmer climate, and uh, we need to adapt our agricultural systems to that. And, there, and uh, you know, obviously with the drought also, uh, it is clear that uh, we need to take some measures to preserve water more efficiently and also create options for farmers to still work, uh, you know, have a profitable business even also in, uh, in, in, in times of drought. We are trying to also always look at this from a systems approach. Uh, so, for example, we have, um, you know, we created new ways of cropping systems where, for example, you can... Uh, get options now so if you plant canola very early uh, you know you can establish the crop on the on the on the rain that is there in the water if it doesn't rain you just have it grazed by the sheep uh, but if it does rain you produce the crop so it 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 creates a, a productivity whatever the situation and you create different options for farmers to go um uh, depending on whether it get water or not no so so Australian farming systems completely dominated by whether there's water or not and how much soil moisture is there. And, uh, and that is, um, you know, really fascinating to see how uh, resilient and how creative farming and farming systems have become to deal with that. And of course, if you have an orchard that is particularly, uh, you know, you, you, that takes years to build orchards. And if you have that destroyed by a drought, uh, that is, of course, terrible. And, uh, and, uh, we're trying to avoid those kind of situations. And, uh, but there's been a big growth in the, especially the macadamia industry. And, um, and that has been uh, really, really a big boom. Uh, you know, obviously uh, macadamia being an Australian native species and a native nut, 
You know, sometimes people think it comes from Hawaii, but I think that is a, uh, that is a misconception. It is one of the native species here, and it is uh, really, really great to uh, uh, see that it's becoming, the growth of that industry has really been tremendous. We wish everybody stays well. We are working from home and we are curious about how you deal with the situation. Please let us know. In our next episode we will talk about the bizarre shortage and price explosion for peanuts, more stories from the US and Italy and how nuts, dried fruit and snacks are doing on the retail level right now. There are no trade shows at the moment, but you can still promote your brand and your business on our podcast. We want to invite you to sponsor the podcast and get your name and brand out to the listeners in 89 countries. You can simply contact us over LinkedIn or my email. Talk soon.